0: Because I'm not in a hurry, right? Like when we're in the presence of Jesus, sometimes, like sometimes we get to like we come to Sunday mornings, we come to we come to church because one because it's what we're supposed to do on Sundays, right? And it's like we get in the and we get into the presence of God, even maybe in your in your own closet or in your car or in your house, and it's like we still have to get to the next appointed appointment, right? What if we what if we just while we're in the presence of Jesus, just not be in a hurry? What if, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, what, what if we take this year, and this year would just be a year of encounter, to be in the presence of Jesus? What if this year, there was stuff in, in this year for you that have never been? In fact, there's this poet, may, some of y'all may have heard of him, but the poet Rainier Marie Rauch wrote and now we welcome the new year. And now we welcome the new year full of things that have never been. A year full of things that have never been. And you may have found yourself here this morning, or if you're listening online later, you may find yourself this morning in one of two places today. One of two places. Excited for a new fresh start, excited for a new year, excited for what this year can bring, or you're in, you're in the opposite camp, you're, in, you're, dreading, you're dreading another year. Like, what's this year going to do for us? That's What, what's, what is this year going to do to me? And, and I'm just going to be straight up and be honest. You're going to face some hardships this year. Life is going to be hard. Things are going to be thrown at you. And, it's, and, and life's just going to, there's going to be, there's going to be some changes that you don't see coming. And, and, and but what you start out with now will determine, you're going to have to fix that ring, What you start out with now will determine how the rest of your year goes. You with me? What you set out to do today for the rest of the year will determine your outlook and your response to when things are thrown into your life. And I'm just going to be honest. This is not going to be one of those, this year let's make Jesus first priority in our life. Because as believers, we should have already been doing that anyway. He should already be the center of every decision we make Every, everything we do should have Jesus at the center. So this isn't going to be a New Year's message of saying, of saying make Jesus the center of everything because it already, he already should be. He should be the center of everything. And if he's not, then maybe you do need to re-examine your life and decide for yourself what, does you, what do you want your life to look like? Because if he's not the center of your life, my question, this is coming from me lovingly, Okay, no, this isn't me being judgmental lovingly. You may need to check your relationship with him. That's coming from that's because I cared about your heart. Not because I'm being judgmental. But if he's not the center of your life and you claim that he is, then you need to check yourself. Because in Revelations, Revelation it says that you're neither you're neither warm, you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm, and since you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Like this it's, it's Jesus saying. You, you I, basically Jesus saying, I'd rather you not be a Christian than say you are and not act like it. You with me? Like, he'd rather you be all in or not at all. And that's just, that's, that's me lovingly telling you, check your heart. Check your heart. That, that's not even in here, but it's, anyways. So this isn't going to be a sermon where to say Jesus, put Jesus' first thing in your life this year, because um, it absolutely should, should be, but what if this is a year of building spaces and ushering people into the presence of Christ? I want you, on, that's a note. We've got new fingers back there. See if she catches on. A year of building spaces and ushering people into the presence of Christ. What if we make this year a year of unrestrained praise and worship? What if we take serious the commission of our friend Paul who wrote this in in Colossians 3.17. He says this, Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Every act and every word be drenched, drenched in the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. And bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you and what has He done for you when you couldn't make it out of the darkness. He gave you light to get out. He pulled you out of the depths. I, I picture, I picture when Peter steps out of the boat onto the water. Right, he's doing great for a minute. Like most of us judge him for sinking, but he got out of the freaking boat, and most of us won't get out of our chairs. You know what I mean he starts walking towards Jesus and he starts to sink? I get this picture of Jesus reaching down into the water, just like he does for us in our darkness, and pulling us out, and him looking at us and saying, "Why'd you take your eyes off me? Why'd you take your eyes off me? Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched." With the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and bring your constant praise to God the Father, because of what Christ has done for you. And a little bit later, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and really wrote to us because I mean there's nothing new under the sun, y'all. And the same issues they were having then we have now. So don't be surprised when you see the things on the news, because it's been happening forever. You're just more aware of it now. You with me? In First Corinthians 10 31, he says, Whether you eat or drink live your life in a way that glorifies and honors God now are we going to do that perfectly no but that's part of where the glory comes in because even in our weakness he is our strength In our and our failings he, he makes us strong he allows us to walk he is our crutch when we fall and we fall continuously and that's part of the glory that when we didn't deserve it because of his mercy and righteousness he gave us life that is the good news of the gospel that when we couldn't, he did. When we couldn't make an act, a, a, a sufficient sacrifice, he came to be that sacrifice for us on the cross, giving us victory over sin, death, and resurrection, was over sin, death, and the grave. So death has no sting. Whatever Satan tries to throw at you this year has no power over you. You have the power of Christ living in you in the Holy Spirit to defeat every act, every temptation of sin. But Are you going to allow it? Are you going to allow it in? That's, and that's still not part of this. But anyways, I'm going to keep going. What if this year was a year of things that have never been for you? All because you decided to live your life in worship and praise and giving glory to our Father. And I'm not just talking about what happens here on Sunday morning when we sing. I'm talking about what if Monday through Saturday is just amped up and then Sunday comes along. He's fine. He's, he not let him walk. He's cool. Ain't going to bother me now. What if everything we do, whether it we eat or drink, what if, what if this was a year of things that have never been for us? So we're going to look at a story today where, um, where our, friend, our friends Paul and Silas are on this missionary journey and find themselves in the city of Philippi, and Philippi was known to be the city uh, 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 of divination, and I don't know if you know what divination is, but it's basically witchcraft. You with me? They're in this, themselves in the city of Philippi, and, and they were ministering there. And as they were ministering there, there was this young girl with a python spirit. And if you don't know what a python spirit is, she, is, she was a practitioner of divination, and she, and she, actually, was, and she actually had demons in her, right? Um, she, she, through demonic power and influence, was a fortune teller. And she was owned by some people who used her demonic power to make some money, all right? This young woman followed Paul and Silas around town, yelling and be, and being annoyed, the Bible says. Uh, uh, Paul was over it. Paul was just like, you are annoying me, woman. Um, I said that to Brittany one time, and I got slapped. But being annoyed, the Bible says, he turned and cast out the, the, the demonic python spirit out of her, which causes a riot in the town of Philippi, because that's how they made their money. Right? They had little figurines of, the, of what they thought the python spirit would look like that they would sell. And they would, and they, they would use this woman to fortune the woman and other women in the in men in this city who were and dwelt with this python spirit to, to tell futures and get money. And now they lose their money, they lose their income, and they are, for lack of better terms, PO'd. You know what I'm saying? So Paul and Silas were taken captive. And this is where we pick up the story, because many of us come from a year or a lifetime where we felt like we were captive to darkness. But he starts off, the story starts, we are pick up the story where it says this in Acts 16, A great crowd gathered, and all the people joined to come against them. The Roman officials ordered that Paul and Silas be stripped of their garments and beaten with rods on their bare backs. After, after they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison, and a jailer was commanded to guard them securely, so the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. And some of us have entered this year chained by the darkness. We find ourselves, uh, maybe it's the darkness of our past, maybe it's... Maybe this past year has been a year of unexpected darkness or maybe our lifetime of choices and things done to us because sometimes things done to us lead, leads us into darkness because of what other people do, right? But a lifetime of choices and things done, done to us leave us feeling as if we were chained in an unbreakable prison. Maybe you found yourself not only bound in prison but found, you feel like you're bound in the innermost, like you're under the jail, like you're, there is no way out, there's no source of light, and you're chained in this eternal, like it just seems unbreakable darkness, and, and you find yourself in this innermost part of your life's prison. But here's the deal. You have the key to all those chains holding you down. You have the key to unlock every prison door that's in your way. Every way. Acts 16.25 says this, Paul and Silas, undaunted. Because many of us, when we get in those dark spaces, when we get in those dark spaces, we, we, we're like there's no way out. We give up. We just, we just, we just, we're in that melting pot of darkness and shame and guilt, and that's exactly where the enemy wants you. But Paul and Silas, and we think of them as, well, they're heroes of the faith. Of course, no, no, they were normal people, just like me and you. In fact, uh, uh, in fact, I mean, Paul was educated, but the majority of the, majority of the disciples were uneducated men. That's what surprised them so much, surprised people so much. They were just people like me and you. But Paul and Silas, Silas, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night, prayed in the middle of their darkness, and sang songs of praise to God while other prisoners listened to their worship. While other prisoners listened to the worship. To their worship. Some of us have entered this year chained by darkness. But here's the thing, when did they pray and praise? When did they pray and praise? They were undaunted in the middle of the, of the night while they were still in their darkest moments. Why? Why did they do this? I think as Charles Spurgeon said it, I think they realized that a dark cloud is no sign that the sun has lost the light. Like In your darkest moments, does not mean that God is not in control. In fact, maybe He's wanting you to see that He is in full control and He wants to break those chains. And the way He's going to break those chains is if you pray and praise. A dark cloud is no sign that He has lost His light. In the middle of darkness, we usher in the light. Would you write that down? In the middle of the night, in the middle of darkness, we usher in the light. As vessels of the message of the gospel, the good news of the gospel, our role is no matter where we find ourselves, on mountaintops or in the valleys, in the darkest of prisons or in the daylight, our job is to usher in usher in the presence of the light. Usher in the presence of Christ. The deep, on the deepest level of worship and praising, Christ is in spite of pain, thanking God during trials, and trusting Him in the midst of fears. I've say this. said this a couple of times, but if you're afraid, go do it anyway. Because either way, you're still going to be afraid. If you're afraid to step out, guess what? Step out. You know how nerve-wracking it is for me to be up here right now? Because I know all of you are looking at me. There's two people in Kazakhstan listening to me right now, like, freaking me out. We praise Christ in spite of pain, thanking God during trials, and trusting him in the midst of fear. Like, I'm not just saying this because she's my wife, but one of the most inspirational things is for me to look off this stage and see my wife dancing with her hands up in the air, knowing that how hard her life was, and still is, and the issues that she has with her kidneys. Like, it's still, like, I look over and it amazes me. Like, like, I, like I am not doing good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know some of you're all stories, and I look out here sitting y'all singing with your hands in the air, and I'm just sitting there going, like, how do they do that? And it's because we realize that just because there's darkness in our life life, doesn't mean he doesn't shine. Often, we can come in here, it's easy to do that here on Sundays, isn't it? Because everybody else is doing it. Well, I can raise my hands and sing in here, because everybody else is doing it. And if you're not doing it, sing a little louder. I think of Buddy the Elf, you know, Elf. When they're all at the end and he's trying to get the plate to ride and they're all singing except for the dad and the son looks up and says, you're not singing. And he's like, I am. No, you're just moving your lips. No, sing. Like, express yourself. That's right. Tell them. Tell him, boy. On the deepest level of worship, the deepest level of worship is praising Christ in spite of pain, thanking God during trials and trusting Him in the midst of fear, but not only for your sake, you notice, you notice at the end of that, it says they were... Here's the thing. The world is an earshot of you. No matter where you are, the world is in earshot to you. And verse 25 ends with Luke telling us that while Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises, the other prisoners listened to their worship. The world around you is listening. Those who are also chained and find themselves in the darkest, most inner part of their prison, and they're watching how you respond... The tragedy and how you respond to pain and how you respond to heartache. Call in silence. Realize that their praise could unlock some other people's chains. The world around you is listening. Those, those who, who, are, who are chained and bound to darkness will watch how you respond and how you respond. And it's our call I didn't put this in here, but our call is to bring in the presence of Christ wherever we are. Whether it be in the darkest place or on the mountaintops, whether it be at the workplace or on a church pew, our job is to usher in the presence of Christ. And if you're here and you're a believer, we don't have to work that hard at it because He is here. Or two or three are gathered. He is here. Your And when, and when we do that, and when they did this, watch what happened. Paul and Silas, um, go back to me, Paul and Silas undaunted prayed in the middle of the night, sang songs of praise to God, while all the other prisoners listened to the worship. Suddenly, a great earthquake shook the foundation of the prison. Your praise can shake foundations. All at once, every prison door flung open, and the chains of all the prisoners, not just Paul and Silas, came loose. You will happen. Paul and Silas' praise, them ushering in and worshiping in the presence of Christ not only broke their chains and opened prison doors for them, but for everyone bound in that darkness. Your praise breaks down every stronghold. Your praise breaks down every stronghold. Well, Derek, I don't see nothing happening when I'm worshiping and I'm praying. No, no, no. I think we're going to get to heaven one day, and Jesus is going to go. You know that time when you're praising in the middle of the storm? I want you to, show, I want you to see the ripple effect that happens. Like, it's going to be amazing. I think we're going to sit there for the first millennia going, Holy crap! Holy crap! Your praise breaks down every stronghold. As you know, we're, at, we're not at war with flesh and blood, the Bible says. We're at war with spirits and the principalities in the air. We're at war with Satan. You with me? In fact, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, he says in 2 Corinthians ten three 3-4, he says, For although we live in a natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the, defense, the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceitful fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Like we are at war with the darkness. Here's the thing. That part where it talks about, that part where it talks about, um, the things that people hide behind, the defenses which people hide, Some translations say stronghold, and in, in the Aramaic it, say, it says rebellious castles. Okay, and what this, and what Paul is referencing here, is not only the natural realm, because there's some things that we will have to fight in the natural realm here on Earth, because there's going to be a day when, when like the Babylonian, the Babylonian spirit is 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 all around us, like. The reason COVID was such a big issue to churches, it wasn't just because they said, "Hey, you need to shut your doors." It was because for years they have been trying to shut down the church, whether they realize they're doing it or not. You with me? Now, that's not me being a conspiracy conspiracy theorist, like because I'm not a conspiracy theorist. You with me? Like I listen to conspiracy theorists and I go, "You are idiots." You know what I'm saying? But like, there's there's a point where for for for, for Thousands of years they've been try- Satan's been trying to use every act, everything they can to shut down the, the shut down the church, and he about won. But the thing is, he says we can never be defeated. The church will always be. Well, that's a whole other sermon. But here's the thing: when he's talking about those strongholds or the rebellious Catholics, way he's talking about, not only the natural realm, a lately when we need to put our foot down in the natural realm and say, no, no. This is what God's called us to do, and we're going to do it because it's better to listen to man than just it's better to listen to God rather than man. Right? But also it's, it's it's a picture of Paul talking about the demonic realm, the spiritual realm, that we are under attack. We are under attack and we don't even realize it. Like if you knew all the battles that be were being fought for you right now in the spiritual realm, you would be, you would be shook. We are at war with darkness that has us and everyone we know chained up. And your praise can set people free. The person next to you may be having the roughest morning ever, whether that be in your cubicle or sitting here in the church. Field. And all they need to see you do is raise their hand and thank you, Your praise breaks down strongholds, too. He goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 10, 6, he says, Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we, start, we, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you, as you choose complete obedience. Are you going to be obedient to praise? Are you going to live a life of praise and worship and glory to God? In Acts 16, 27, it says, Startled, the jailer awoke. He was sleeping on the job. Startled, the jailer awoke and saw every cell door standing open. Assuming that all the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself when Paul shouted in the darkness. They're not out of darkness yet. They're unchained and the doors are open. He said, stop. Don't hurt yourself. We're all still here. The jailer called for light. And when he saw that they were, they were still in their cells, he rushed in and fell, trembling at their feet. Then he, he led Paul and Silas outside and asked, "What must I do to be saved? that even the things that have held you captive will be redeemed when we praise and we worship. The very thing that held you in darkness will fall under your feet." And they answered, "Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved." You and all your family. Then they prophesied the word of the Lord over him and his family. Here's a side note. I put this in here, but the side note is this It it says prophesied the word of the Lord. In the original writing, it implies through the power of the Holy Spirit spoke from a supernatural origin of tongues. And I bring that up only to say this that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the power to speak light into darkness. power of the Holy Spirit you have the power to speak life in the darkness no I don't there yes you do you know how many situations I've been in where people have been talking to me and I'm sitting there in my natural mind going I have no clue what to say but then of them start talking and it's like where did that come from the Holy Spirit is our God he is our strength he is our portion you have that same power in you to speak life even out of darkness how you respond to things that you say while you're in dark places will determine how you get out of those dark places. You with me? And I'm not one of those word of faith people, but I do think there is some credit in the fact that how you talk about things, and how you speak about things, and what you and how you, how you think to yourself, and how you pray determines your outlook. And if you don't want to get out of it, guess what? You're not going to get out of it. But he goes on to say this. He says, even though the hour was late, talking about talking about the soldier. Even though the hour was late, he washed their wounds. The very thing that held you captive will be your healing. Then he and all his family were baptized. He took Paul and Silas into his home and set and set them at his table and fed them. The jailer and all his family were filled with joy in their newfound faith in God. And at daybreak the magistrates sent officers to the prison with orders to tell the jailer, let those two men go. But now they're being set free. They're being now the very thing that held them captive is calling them out of captivity. Well, I love it. <laughs> I love the story. The jailer informed Paul and Silas. The magistrates have sent orders to release you, so you're free to go now. I love it, look at this. But Paul told the officer, look, they had they had us beaten. In public, without a fair trial, and we are—we are Roman citizens. Just side note: they weren't without—they weren't in that time. Roman citizens weren't allowed to go into jail without a trial. Okay, love it. Love it. Do you think we're just going to quietly walk out after after they threw us in the prison and, and violated all of our rights? Absolutely not. You go back to tell the magistrate that they need to come down here themselves and escort us out. So when the officers went back and reported what Paul and Silas told them, the magistrates were frightened, especially upon hearing that they had beaten, had beaten two Roman citizens without due process. Love that phrase, due process. So they went to the prison and apologized to Paul and Silas, begging them repeatedly, saying, please leave our city. Please leave our city. Please leave our city. What I love about this story is, It shows us that your praise is your boldness. Your praise is your boldness. Here's what I mean. When we praise, darkness has no command over us. No matter how big and bad and scary the wolf is, it has no power over us. Our praise gives us boldness to confront the darkness and tell it what it's going to do. Darkness has commanded commanded you... Darkness has commanded you for too long, held you captive for too long, and now through your praise, your praise, darkness will now be your escort to freedom and to life. We can now look at the darkness and say, no, 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 I, I am not just going to walk out. Darkness, you have become my platform. What you've been through now is the stage in which you stand upon and proclaim the praise of His glorious grace. Look at what my daddy did for me. Look what's under my feet. Now, with all that being said, you know, this is the first Sunday of a fresh new year. And normally this Sunday is when pastors get up here and hey, this is what this year is going to look like for us. And that's what I'm going to do. But ours is a little bit different than it's been the last couple years. years. I think I've put us on a, on a mission, in a way, the last couple of years, without giving us the power to do it. You with me? Whether you're sitting here in this room, or you're listening online, you normally you're here, um, this, this is what we're gonna be this year. You with me? And I want everybody to come along for the ride. I want everybody to come along for the encounter. Okay? Thought being said, this year is going to be a year where we as Ship Church are going to build and cultivate a space physically and metaphorically where where when people walk in here or wherever we land, they encounter the presence of Christ. Okay? This year will be a year where, as Jesus... Your gonna get worse. it's going to get scary, we're going to trust the Holy Spirit, okay? And if you know anything about me, you know this is a big step for me, what I'm about to say, you have know, been on this journey with me. This year will be a year where, as Jesus promised in Mark 16 and several other places in the gospel, that demons will be cast out, tongues will be spoken, the sick will be healed, marriages will be restored, addictions will be broken, old men will dream again, young men will have vision. Men and women, a will prophesy and and a loss will be found all in the name of Jesus because we decided to live lives of praise. And it begins now. It begins now. Can I confess something to you real quick? This is so scary to me. (laughs) Do you understand anything? Growing up, growing up in the environment that I grew, grew up in—not I'm not talking about my home environment—I'm talking about the spiritual world. This stuff was crazy to me. And several weeks ago, I, months ago, really, I had a conversation with somebody, and the whole time in my spirit, this is me because There's part of me that's saying, "Man, you need to confess, confess even now, that I did." Now, I don't know why that was part that, you know, that was. I was scared to death, that I thought he even came to my mind. And in the last couple of weeks, the story got brought back up, and, and I had to repent to God, saying I didn't even follow it. Unless we took a step, we'll never know. And so you guys know, I, you can ask Joe. I preached against this kind of stuff for years. And I finally said, God, if any of this is real, I want you to show me. And man, has it been a crazy year? You with me? It's been a crazy couple of years. But this year. Demons will be cast out, tongues will be spoken, the sick will be healed, marriages will be restored, addictions will be broken, old men will dream again, and young men will have visions, men and women alike will prophesy, and the lost will be found all in the name of Jesus, because we decided to live lives of praise, and it begins now. Starting next week, we'll see what it it looks like. We'll we'll see what it looks like to have our shout ready. But also, here's what we're going to do this year. That we're going to cultivate some we're going to cultivate some spaces where we're going to encounter jesus i want i want earthquake prison breaking experiences with encounters with the presence of jesus so one of the things we're going to do yeah we're doing the night of worship on the 22nd right it's going to be, it's going to be a crazy night i believe some people are Some people are going to come here that night and whether they need spiritual healing physical healing mental healing whatever it's going to happen that night in the name of jesus not in my power but in his but also, three times this year, we'll have, uh, we'll, we'll have times where um, we're going to do uh, three days of fasting and prayer, all right, at the church. you uh, so choose not to participate, that's you, what's cool. But for me, what I'm going to do is three times this year, I'm going to make sure I set aside three days of fasting and prayer. And the first one is going to be January 29th, We there's a slide about it. Sorry, uh, November, uh, January 29th at 7.30 p.m., that's a Sunday. And it will end Wednesday, that next Wednesday, February 1st at 7.30. And we're going to, just, we're going to end that together that night. We're going to have a, a, a talk to a buddy of mine. He's going to come in and do an acoustic night of worship that night. And we're going to end it at 7.30 with taking the Lord's Supper. And yes, I'll probably have some other food here because you know the cracker and juice may not fill you up. But <laughs> so we're going to have it. And I'm, I'm asking for everybody to participate. But if you don't, that's up to you. But for me, I need this. Come together for a night of praise at night, but those three days we're going to seek the face of God. We're going to seek the encounter, the encounter with the presence of Jesus. And throughout the year, we'll offer other times to come to come into the presence of Christ in unique ways. But outside of Sunday morning, but I, this place, this not only here in this room, oh, we're going to cultivate spaces, encounter the presence of Jesus. But I want it to be a thing where, when, wherever you go, wherever you step foot, whether it be in the workplace, on the ball field, at a restaurant, that you walk in the room and people immediately know there's something different. It's because like every time, every time, every time the disciples are supporting the Sanhedrin or some, some, uh, some other leader, what did they always say? These are unlearned men, but you can tell they've been in the presence of Jesus. Someone wherever we walk, whether it's Southdale Middle School, wherever you wherever you or Southdale High School, wherever we walk, that when we walk into the doors, people go, "I want what they have." If that if it's real, I want it, and then we can just stand there and go, "Let me tell you about it." Use our darkness; use the thing that is now our platform to to reach the people that's around us. I'm hungry for a constant encounter with Christ. Which is gonna cause me to have to do some things differently and cause gonna to have to cause you to do something differently and cause us as shift church to do things a little differently this year. Yes, we still believe in discipleship and we'll we'll still try to get that song. We still believe in serving, serving, we'll serve. I'll be I'll be honest, we'll probably serve the community a little more than what we have. But at the end of the day, this is going to be a place. Of people encounter your cubicle at work, your classroom at work, your mail truck, whatever your, your role is, will be a place to encounter. And the Holy Spirit will give you power. I love you guys. Come next week. Get ready to know what it looks like to shout. With me, I'm glad. So nice. I already got that You ready? Let's pray. Let's pray for a year of encounters with Jesus. So God, I want to thank you so much that you are a prison breaking God. That even in our in our darkness and our and our and our loneliness, I think you come and break off every chain. And that's something that we can shout about and celebrate about. That we when we usher in the your presence. So when we when when we are in the room, you are in the room. And may everything that comes out of our mouth, every action that we take, may it be drenched. May it be just soaking wet of just your beauty. God, I pray for the hearts in here as we take this leap this year, God, that you, you empower them, give them the power, power to see you move in mighty ways. And God, I, I pray for the hearts here, God, that they like what worship and praise is. They step out of their comfort zone just a little bit and watch you move. I pray all this in your name. Amen.